so apparently in the uh, prison system, in jail, um, let's just say you be gelling together with some DNA strands, but um, came across a video. Apparently there's a nice avenue on YouTube about ex-convicts that talk about how it really goes in prison and all that stuff. It's actually quite fascinating. It seems like 98% of people that are really fascinated that are people that would never even commit stealing gum at Target. Wouldn't even put themselves in a position to even be on probation for something. Or a $100 fine type of punishment. People are always fascinated with prison and punishment. It always seems to be people who are at the lowest risk or even have... Any type of nutsack to compete in these activities. But I came across like this small little documentary, but it was like, it was more like probably like one of those ones they made on A&E in like 2004, but it was like a local. And apparently um, there's a term in prison and I'm pretty sure. I don't really need to explain what it means. Just know it's called the booty bandit. Let's just say you don't want to be uh, home alone with that. <laughs> Marv. Um, <laughs> let's just say uh, something's going to smell like a lot of loose change. Yes, sticky booty bandit. But yeah, that's the thing. When you're in jail... And you have life in prison. Your uh, qualms about, you know, uh, orientations of some sort. Go out the window because you know what? Needs are needs. That's why I don't judge anyone. Because, you know, what you learn about watching these things is that. And they all say it. And they all say, you know. Really? We just live a more truthful version Compared to what actually happens out in the world. We don't lie to people. There's no need to lie. Like most of us are in here for 20-30 years to life. It's like you know what. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Me and the booty bandit. Um, have a lot of good times together. You know they put the. They show like they put the blankets and stuff. Over the bunk beds. And everyone knows what's happening. But no one's shocked. No one's going to cause a stir. It's like hey. Got to get it how you got to get it. And uh, I guess you could say kind of like their uh, insider trading or their economy or their market of selling and stuff. Let's just say uh, a couple people got a cupboard full of Hostess cupcakes. <laughs> uh, they're cupping cakes all right. But anyways, all right. Um... I'm going to need a prison guard to protect me from this. You know, like they have like uh, comedians or they'll have musicians that go to prisons and perform. Oh, I don't think I'm ever going to be invited because um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a target. Um, <laughs> but yeah, welcome to episode 222 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson, where I'm blinding myself doing this for you guys. Jesus. And I can't even change it now. I fucked up the lighting. I, I have a headache. 
And I did the lighting correct, so I am testing my vertigo limits. But yeah, uh, welcome to episode 222 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and smack a couple booties, you sticky bandit. Because don't be home alone, because if you're in the shower, you might uh, be in a slippery soap. Huh? Huh? No, just me. Oh, wait, it's always just me. I'm the only one here. Not for long, because, well, I do have company of my plus one at the Met Gala. (laughs) And they're too busy playing with a cardboard mouse, because it's a cat. But hey, they'll be having a little stepdaughter soon. I think I told on previous pod, I am, we are adding a kitten to the family. No, I'm not going to be one of these people saying I have two daughters. Because I have been outspoken about people that treat their animals and talk to them like they're actual human beings. And treat them like they're these special creatures. Look, they're loving creatures. The loving human organ, and they're not. They're loving organisms. They have cells, you know. You 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 can empathize. You can connect. You know they have emotions. They have similar human certain things. But don't ever think for a second I won't throw you outside if you interfere with anything that's important to me. If I'm recording my episode and you want to pee on my foot, you're getting kicked to the curb. Is what it is, you know. Um, if I bring a child into this world and bring it home and I feel any bad vibes, you're going to be out there in the dumpster with the raccoons, all right? Um, <laughs> uh, you're going to be real learn about thing one and thing two because you're going to be a cat in a hat of a whole mysterious disappearance like Natalie Holloway in Aruba. Maybe that's why I should name the cat Natalie. Yeah, come here, Natalie. It's actually a nice cat name. Hmm. Okay. I just can't. I guess you could call it a. I guess if a kitty gets, you know, taken away, you could call it kidnap. Huh? Nope. All right. This is gonna be a good one. Um, <laughs> you've been kidnapped, Kit. But yeah, you know, I don't know, uh, recording this September 20, I don't fucking know, I think 26 on a Tuesday, September 26, 2023, um, at 8.05 a.m., a little bit later than usual, yes, I've been up, I've been off work for a little while, but with these work schedules, you know, I kind of woke up late, like I actually don't have to kill myself walking to work so I actually have I felt like a normal person um but yeah so you know I've been thinking uh been thinking of some things I think about man like you know my life you know geez that sounded like in my feelings but I've been thinking about some things you know think about what I want what I need who I love who I need to feed 
And uh, when should I plant my seed? When, when is it time to truly grow as a person? When is it time to truly stop being a man-child? When is it time to actually put yourselves in position to quote-unquote be a, you know, be a grown adult, you know? Is it time to just get a real job and... And the answer is not at all. Um, Fuck that shit. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I was actually uh, talking with someone at work earlier. A really cool guy. And that's the thing, you know, I've realized a lot of us average men, I guess you could say, we love to gamble on sports. Because every guy that has played sports or likes sports or watched sports always feels like we know what we're watching. And we do. Like, you know, if you actually pay attention to shit, it's not about knowing what defense they're in a route. Like, you just watch a game and you're like, you know, this guy is just consistently good. Matt Stafford's not when I need to get two or more touchdowns because I don't know what the fuck happened to Rams. But um, you're just ramming my money up my butthole. You were my only chance of making some this week. It's funny how just like you get a cheap touchdown in the end. You guys can recover the onside kick, throw a Hail Mary, the Puka Nakua, and uh, get the boy some scores. Couldn't win me 60 bucks, huh? But you know, it's the but that but that's the beauty of sports, you know, because I watched yeah, that's the thing about gambling in general. You think you have it figured out, you watch a couple straight games, you're paying attention, you're like, man, their offense is humming. They've got all these weapons, they just seem so at ease, and they play a team that you think like they should put some points on, and they can barely move the fucking ball. And the turnovers and all this shit. And that's the thing, man. That's why gambling is a tricky... Because it's not about what you know. It's about how you are okay with the... You think you're about to win $300 like this. And then some weird end-of-game touchdown. Or some weird end-of-game fumble. Some weird end-of-game shit where just some garbage yards fucks up your money. And you think the fix is in. But, you know, you don't know shit. And that's the beauty of it. You could do all the research. You could do all the probabilities of home field. And, oh, well, during the daytime, you know, this guy, he always uh, completes under this percentage of passes. Uh, He tends to, you know, they tend to only run the ball. And when it's 52 degrees or less, you know, and all this, all this stuff, right? You realize when you follow that stuff, that's when it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we just threw it 50 times today, completed 45 of them, and we uh, fucked up all your predictions. (laughs) And you realize, like, man, I've been watching football my whole life. I feel like 
I've gotten a grasp of what I'm seeing. And then you realize there's things that you're not really seeing. But, you know, we all have an ego. We all think we... You know, there, and that's the thing. Don't think just because someone played. And then, have you ever heard, like, an ex-player commentate or break down a game? Like, when they're fresh out of the league. Like, I don't know, LaShawn McCoy. When they do any analysis, you're listening to them like, weren't you, like, in these team meetings for, like, nine years? Like, don't you actually know, like, why... The quarterback misread or like what the actual progressions are based off your experience and being in a similar system. Like, don't you know, like, oh, if, it, uh, if it's a too high safety, they go like sometimes they just be saying shit like Dak Prescott, he's no good. And it's like, great. There are literally YouTubers who break down film that. Could come to a better analysis of why he's not good. He's like, Dak Prescott, trash. Justin Herbert, overrated. And it's like, okay. I'm not saying that's what LaShawn McCoy says specifically. But he has said just some shit that's like, dude, it sounds like... You you sound like a guy who like went to a couple training camps. And you're trying to be like the Skip Bayless of like former players, you know? That's the thing is that fine line between having the resume to for people to give you automatic credibility, but even if you have the resume, if over time your stuff is just oh, you sound like a hot take person. You sound like you're not you're giving generic this guy sucks, this guy's good. You're not giving context to situations, and when you do, it sounds like you're just saying stuff like a thirteen year old would say after the Bears lose. Like Justin Fields is the biggest part of our problems. It's like, yeah, he's a part of it. Um, it might be that you're watching the game and they're saying like near the end, like, yeah, look, you know, Justin Fields, you know, he's not playing well, but the past three pass plays, there's literally been no receiver open, <laughs> you know, and they show it. It's like, yep, no one's open. And maybe they're not getting open because they're like, hey, what's the fucking point? I get open. He's probably not even going to see me. But yeah. Gambling. It's a gamble. Kind of like uh, bending over for bar of soap. Home alone. You sticky booty bandit. I know. Alright. Next topic. Uh, whoo. Yeah, you know, this guy would be more to life than just caught up in a cycle. Like, doing this to me is considered breaking the cycle, right? But not the period cycle. Nothing breaks those things. The only thing you can do is uh, buckle up your seatbelt and hope that the attendee on the roller coaster actually checks if you buckle your seatbelt. Um <laughs> You don't want to ride acrophobia when half of your crotch is smushing against the Batmobile seat. Um, <laughs> you might want to wear you might want to wear a cup. Um, <laughs> ever had it where you're just like sitting in something as a man, 
And they just designed the seat so terribly like a bicycle. Where it's like, man, you know, riding a bicycle when you're younger, it's like, oh, you know, you have a small butter, you have a small butter, <laughs> you have a small butt, you have a pretty, t- you're like five foot five, like, is it- but when you start like six two, you got a plump of a booty, yeah, that sounds sus saying it like that, that just means a squat, okay? When you actually, like, build yourself, like, getting on a bike, the reason why, like, when bodybuilders are even really fit people that don't ride bikes and they get back on a bike while they look uncoordinated stuff, it's not because their legs, it's not because they can't balance themselves, it's because their freaking taint in their gooch is, like, in such discomfort from sitting on this unpadded nylon seat. And it's like you're adjusting, like, uh, do I lean forward and kind of give a little tipperoo to the balls? Or do I sit back and then my neck hurts? And it's like, uh, riding a bike is not natural. It's a skill. You know, I've actually thought about, I was talking with someone uh, at work who actually does, he actually, he used to, for a period of time, he trained for a triathlons. He's like, dude, if you were trained for a triathlon, you would like, lose like 20 pounds and you would become smaller than me because of how your body type is being as tall as you are. It's like you would lose, if you lost as much as I did, you would be like 160 pounds type of shit. I'm like, ooh, don't give me a challenge. And he was like, yeah, that's basically the one where you swim, you ride a bike, and you run. And I was like, you know, I've thought about competing. He's like... I'll do do like a half marathon first, just run, and then do, because he's like, bro, like it's one of those things where oh, and he said, make sure you have medical insurance, not because you might die or something, but like just in case you need to get IV fluids and drain, like you know, you may have issues if your body's not accustomed to doing that. No matter if you train for six months or some shit, but I don't know, you know, it's kind of like watching a Cody Co. You know, Cody Co has a channel called Cody Trains where he's re- he's recently like I think the past year or so gotten back into running based off his younger days, and he's done like marathons or I think he's done I'm not sure if he's done an Ironman or anything but or triathlon, but he's been on Nick Bear. You know, he went on his podcast and did a video with him. And I guess, you know, I'll talk about Nick Bear. You know, he's this quote-unquote hybrid athlete. He's someone I actually really like to watch. He seems genuine. The dude seems like, like, that dude's like one of those crazy, he runs like, he wakes up and runs like, you know, nine and a half miles to just like start his day and always running shirtless in Texas. And I admire, you know, by the way, these people that make these videos of them running while holding a camera, like just their phone camera, like sometimes they'll have, like if he does like a bigger video, like where he's doing like a full run and, you know, whatever, like he'll have like someone in the truck and then they kind of like follow him while he's running and they pick him up. Like, sometimes he'll just go, like, you know, if he's just doing his solo thing, waking up on his phone, and he'll record his run for his video, edit it, but then sometimes he'll just be talking while he's running. And that's how, like, you know, like, you get to a point where it's like, all right, 
When you can breathe when you're a mile seven, I'm not a, hey, they're on steroids type of thing. Because I don't know if he is. There's a lot of speculation, like, come on, dude, like, to look like that and do what he does and recover and train and change his body based off if he's training for this or that, like, come on. But, I don't know. The dude is strong and the definition of, like, the perfect-ish body type, but, of course, it would be considered unrealistic. Because he actually uses the body for shit. Like, that's the thing. There's a lot of people that work out and they're strong. They look lean. They look fit. They can do a lot of exercises. But then, like, when it actually comes to, like, doing activities, they just don't do the activities um, well. But, yeah, Nick, uh, he, uh, he, uh, you barely, uh, notice that. He's a hybrid bodybuilder athlete. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, Nick Bear, he's just one of those dudes that, like, it's hard not to like him. He's a, you know, he's got a family. He, you know, his diets and, like, his education on working out and stuff and fitness and look obviously he has a supplement company so he's gonna promote it's like you know just take half a scoop of red greens and all this stuff and it's just all of his products is like okay well at least he's using this stuff but it's like that's the thing with these supplements it's like so many different ones they have like these like these specific electrolytes and they're all beneficial they have like these, you know, he like the ones that mix like three different powders. Like, yeah, we do our super greens, our uh, red beets, and then we mix some electrolytes for the post lemon lime electrolyte. It's the flavors, like the flavors of what get you. They have like this key lime electrolyte, you know, they have these protein powders that are cool and all this stuff. And it's like, God, man, that's just a lot of fucking money to spend on shit, but. It's his company, so he's not really spending money on it, you know. But yeah, that, you know, also, like, that would be the best thing about being a fitness influencer is just getting just free supplements. Like, all I need is, like, bro, just send me some pre-workout. I'll even use more supplements, and if I don't pay for it, sure, fuck it. It won't hurt, you know. It won't hurt the boy, except my breathing when I'm like, hey, there, boy, toy. But yeah, Nick Bear, yeah, I love it. Uh, but, um, by the way, just a little side note, I've been in talks. For an interview. I promise you guys. Within the next month. My goal is to have it. Before my birthday. Maybe be on my birthday. My birthday gift to myself. And to my podcast. We may have a special interview. With someone I've mentioned a few times. In the show. But they're finally willing to show their face. And I think it will be. Uh, I think it will be an episode. A lot of people like. They'll see. Damn like. 
who would like to be with this fella? And then like, well, damn, I just outed who be it would be my girlfriend. Alright. Um But you know, I kinda wanna see how it goes, you know? I've never interviewed someone. And I don't know if it'd be an interview, more of a conversational type of thing, you know. Um just don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, and you know, we uh maybe we'll get more of those if you like it. Maybe if it's so good, our dynamic, we might just start a whole new podcast with us. I doubt that. But, you know, just so, just putting that out there. For the new fans and supporters of the show, I appreciate it. Oh, God, my head hurts so bad. God damn. It's always the right side, yeah? They always say, oh... The right side is the one for thinking. The left it's like the right side is the logical side, and the left side is the illogical side. Or it's like one is the creative side, and one is the punctual, educational. I don't know. It's all dumb. It's all doesn't fucking matter. Just use your brain for what you want to. You know, just love when it gives you head, and hate when it gives you headaches. Yeah. down the Mississippi, but never miss a shippy of my pippy and your hippie. <laughs> now we get a little tipsy. And what's on my belly button, she said? My tongue. You likey? Feels like spring break 08. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny how we just use spring break. We use holidays as an excuse to, you know, violate people and just say we're having a good time. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, you can't home. Hey, you, hey, but it was my birthday. I know I was obnoxious. I know it caused a scene. I know I, you know, Threw a sparkling Welch's white grape non-alcoholic bottle at Marissa because, you know, once upon a time, she tried to get with my boyfriend. It was my birthday, okay? And you know how girls are. Their whole month is their birthday. It's like, oh, it's like three days before their birthday is like when they is when they kind of have like a little close just get together at the beach with their friends right and in the day the actual birthday they'll spend you know a few hours with the family but then go out and do the whole stuff you know or not the whole stuff because but you know have a good time that insinuates the whole stuff which gives people the opportunity to label you that Two days after that is the day they break up with their boyfriend. And then the day after that is when they actually go out with their family. And then a week later is when they actually hit up the people. That's a combination of boys and girls. And they get in that environment.
Judge Clint's court where I don't judge your decisions, but I will judge that outfit. And um, it is out and it's not fitting <laughs> to your personality because I'll be poking the dots in your dress, baby. Um, <laughs> yodi, yodi, yodi. Um, yodi, yodi. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, we, we have this, yeah, but you know, that's the culture we live in. We extend things, we make, we drag shit out, you know, it's like a one big family guy episode. It's like when Peter Griffin fights the chicken, it's just all dragged out. Oh, and by the way, speaking of, I guess there's a reason why they came to mind, is that I came across a video. It was a brief video, it was like a minute some long. And the opening was just text from the person I made the video. Typed up exactly what Seth MacFarlane, I guess, said in an interview or said in an article about how he was supposed to be on a flight from Boston. Or he was supposed to be on a flight from Boston to, you know, New York or L.A. or wherever. On American Airlines on September 11, 2001. When he was speaking at his old alma mater, which is like Rhode Island, which was like Rhode Island school, which I guess is why Family Guy takes place in Rhode Island. Now that all kind of makes sense. Essentially, Rhode Island creative school, art school, whatever. He went to speak and all that stuff. And he apparently woke up late, was 15 minutes to the flight. They closed the gate. He couldn't make. He had to wait. And the next thing you know, 30 minutes later... The flight that he conquered was supposed to be on crashed into the towers, or like the first one did. And, you know, then, but the reason why, because in a Family Guy episode, he kind of made a reference to it where Stewie and Brian, Stewie is like training Brian how to be a dog and all this stuff, follow this and all this stuff, and make all these jokes. And he's like, that didn't land kind of like the Twin Towers. And that's not funny. And Brian was like, actually, I was supposed to, he's like, actually, I was supposed to be on that plane. And Stewie's like, yeah, actually, me too. And it was like this weird silence, which is because Seth MacFarlane does both of their voices. So he's literally just talking about himself and both. So, but the reason why I bring it up is because it kind of reminds me of there was this guy on the league. It's called Steve Razanazzi. Um, he's like a comedian slash TV actor. He was in the league. It's been a while since I've seen the show, but I used to watch the show pretty regularly. He essentially lied about being in the towers when it hit, right? And he told the story, like, not too long after it happened. But he told that story for, like, I believe seven, eight, ten years until he actually confessed. Probably, I think, in the past four or five years that it was not true. Because people started poking holes in the story. And then they made an article about debunking his story. And he basically had to come out and be clean about it. Which is what made him go on the Howard Stern show and all that stuff. 
He can't claim. Basically, if you just type in the comedian that lied about 9-11, it'll pretty much pull up. And it kind of, like, I don't, I'm not saying Seth MacFarlane was lying. What I will say is I'm like, the odds that you were supposed to be on a flight that was supposed to a couple hundred people and it was like, you, I don't know, it kind of feels like one of those publicity like, Hey guys, if I would have gotten the flight, Family Guy would have never continued. Like, you know, like it's almost like adding a legacy to the story, kind of like what I talked about in a previous episode, where people like are obsessed with when they become successful. They're thinking about when they're younger before they become successful. The story they want to tell, they want to add dramatic, they want to add flair to everything. Like. It was a time of life. I almost died from alcohol and suicide and all this stuff. And it's like, if I would have got on that flight, you know, that would have been it. And everything you know about me today would have never happened. It's like, I feel like there's ways that could be proven. And I'm not saying he's lying. I don't know. I just say, I just think it's very highly convenient that all the people that were supposed to be on that flight, quote unquote, happen to be celebrities of some sort (laughs) so I don't know I just kind of found that very convenient and interesting but Seth MacFarlane seems like a decent dude in real life he seems I don't think he's had any real like controversy like with real people people have had issues with his show but just in general I don't think he's someone that would do that but you know, it just seems a little convenient. That's all. But yeah, um, but one thing I will pre I always appreciate people that love their job, even if they don't actually love their job. Because now I think about it, right, like there's something I was thinking about earlier. You ever been around people that don't actually but actually I don't think anyone I think people are actually ashamed to ever admit. I think there's this weird we live in this weird culture where people just everyone like it's cool to just be like fuck this job, I hate this job. And look for a lot of the cases they probably do, right? But it's just one of those things that's cool to say. It's like, so, you know, you don't have to hate your job to just not actually hate it. You know, like sometimes, like, you know, I don't know. I feel pretty indifferent. It kind of is what it is. Some days I'm okay with it. Some days I hate it. I think that's more the reality, but it's cool to just say, man, fuck this shit, man. Man, I ain't doing this shit. It's like, all right. But, you know, that's the thing, right? Like, There's a love for what you do or a respect for what you do that I believe is important. It's not about it being the job of your dreams or the love of your life, but it is about like this is your life right now. So maybe you should at least kind of like it, care for it, right? I forgot where I was going with this point. I know I was going somewhere decent with this. But, oh, 
there's this, there's this fine line between someone saying they love their job and then someone actually acting like actually showing that they actually like their job, you know? Because if you truly like your job or love your job, there wouldn't be this complacent energy that comes with people that love their job. It seems like people that love their job, quote unquote, as they say, there's this complacent energy that like they love it because it's so easy for them, for their position. Every job has, every position has its different challenges, but you know, it seems like people that quote unquote will have a strong, heavy desire for optimism, positivity in their job. It seems like I don't, it doesn't really feel like they love it. It feels like they love how the job kind of makes things easier for them. I swear I had a good idea. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, sometimes it's good to admit when you think you have a point, instead of dragging it out, trying to find it, just be like, you know what? I thought I had a point. I realized, you know what? Everyone just hate your fucking job. You know what? Just hate it. Don't love it. There's no reason to love what you do. Even if the more you like and love what you do, you're going to get the most out of it. You feel more fulfilled. But if you're not fulfilled, don't pretend to be fulfilled. Don't pretend to be happy. Just fucking leave. You know, quit. Just quit. That's the moral of today's pot. Just quit. Whew. But yeah. We're all quitters. You know, we all quit without realizing. You know, they they say Generation Z or whatever. I don't know. Generation X, Z, Y, whatever the fuck it is. They say it's Generation Quit. You know, the second they don't get What's ideal for them? They quit. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yes, you're kind of, you know, there's a fine line between, you know, sticking with the job, like, quote unquote, out of loyalty, right? But you should never be attached to loyalty to a job. Maybe loyalty to people that are in higher positions or people that you work with every day. But not the job itself. If if they make you take a... It's like, oh yeah, I know you guys have been used to making this for the past three years. But we, we got to cut your salary or your wage like 30%. And if you guys leave, we're not really going to give you a good word. And we're going to make you have a hard time finding another job. So you might as well just stick it through. And... Uh, go fuck yourself, right? And it's like, well, you should stick by the business through thick and thin. It's like, what? It's like, they're not even on time with my checks a lot of times, you know? Kind of like the cast media thing that I talked about last episode. It's like, or a couple episodes ago. It's like, why don't you be on time with my checks before you start talking about loyalty? It's like, if you're coming my pay, they better be early, a couple days early, you know? But, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, you know, and that's the, that's kind of the thing here, right? 
is that loving your job and loving the people you are around all the time. It makes people stay at jobs a lot longer than they should. It makes people feel like they're bearing through another day of just repeating the same thing. Like, I feel like when you get to a point with, our jo- with the job where you're literally counting hour by hour in your head while you're rationalizing being there. I think it's pride time. I've hit that point in some ways. It's like, man, I can't really rationalize spending my time here, even if my financial situation says so. If I'm just sitting here counting every hour, and I'm not even like, like, you know, when you can't even get lost in the work anymore, where it's like the only way you can rationalize is literally what you pay. Look, you shouldn't work somewhere. If you're not getting paid okay. But it's like if that's the only thing. That makes you okay coming to work every day. And that's the only thing. That keeps you going. I think regardless if it's a job. Your dreams are just a job for. You know a couple months. I do think that kind of. Fucks with your psyche. I do think that that actually kind of. Changes you. For the time being, it changes your well-being. It changes how you look at things. It makes you a lot more money greedy. It makes you look at money as like the be-all, end-all. Whereas like if you've ever worked with people that you enjoy seeing every day or people that are like more like friends in a workplace where like you develop a real bond and you have a good time, you laugh and stuff in between and stuff. It's like it changes what makes going to work interesting? It makes the mundane and it makes it feel like you're actually like part of a genuine community that's like happening in real time. And not just this, hey, we're all here for a check and we're all going to act as such and be appropriate, you know, not comment anyone's booty. And that's it. I guess what I'm saying is maybe we need more sexual harassment on both ends, you know. Men need to be told like, mm, you know, if you, you know, if you, um, you know, if we weren't at work, I would rip that shirt off and start, you know, licking your chest hairs. And you're like, oh, yeah, if we weren't at work, I would. Rip off your shirt and hope you don't have chest hairs. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want my mouth to be like after you vacuum your dirty ass carpet. It's just a mouthful of hair. You know, we need more of that. woman dynamics in a workplace even the idea of something that would never happen keeps it interesting so woman you need to just make us men feel like we're wanted and we have a chance even if we don't just smile just you know give a little compliment make us feel good and the company you all work for will 
thank you for it. Men will be at a 30% happier rate in statistics. Oh, uh, yeah. That's just the stats. Workplace.